world is a scary place, my friends. Poppin' Gleason Nation. Welcome to the TJTV Podcast. How is everyone doing today? Opening theme song, Rob Zombie, Dragula. The world is a scary place, everybody. Welcome to the show. Anyways, on today's episode, we interviewed my first UK guest ever, Nicola. She was actually, she actually sent me something on Instagram a couple days ago. And uh, I didn't know what it was, but it's FPCOMS at Instagram. It's a business service, a global PR marketing agency dedicating to promoting startups and small growing businesses across the globe. She's actually a really fun guest. We actually talked a lot. Um, We talked about the coronavirus, talked about her business, talked about, you know, why she uh, where she lives in the UK we she also like gave me a general idea of what's it like in north uh southwest east uh london it's a pretty fun interview honestly i actually really enjoyed it uh like i said first uk guest ever um second guest across seas and uh you know it's it was a great interview and uh you know she's going to come on my show again eventually so Hopefully everything works out in the next few months, but, um, you know, so we'll see what happens, but if you guys are new, why don't you guys like, and subscribe and turn on post notifications on Spotify, anchor.fm, Google podcast, and much, much more. Go follow me on TJ's vlogs on YouTube, where I do vlogging content, YouTube news and creative series. Also go follow me on Gleason photography and videography, where I also do creative series and vlog content. Um, um, so pretty much more vlog content is on uh, Gleason Photography and Videography, which I'll just put a little side note right there. Also, go follow me on TJTV on Facebook, where you can catch all my past interviews. Because, you know, if you guys want to know more about my interview style, you can go check out my past interviews right there. So uh, that's really it, guys. We're going to get on with this interview. No more talking, no more music. And then we are going to... Get it started. Let's get it, guys. All right. All right, guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Nicola. She is in London, right? The United Kingdom. That's right. I am actually in London, part of, yeah, UK, in the epicenter of Mr. Corona. (laughs) (laughs) So are you, so you, before the podcast, you were talking about how, like, you know, I told you that I went outside to go to the supermarket. You said you're lucky to get out. Are you not allowed to get out? No, so we are allowed to get out. We can go out for groceries and stuff like that, but they are really um, clamping down on people's movements, um, especially now. I don't know if you've heard, this is the week, like two days after 
our prime minister was taken to intensive care. And so, um, and the, the, the prediction is that in the UK, in a week and a half time is where we're going to reach our peak. Right. So the, by law, uh, this is what I've heard, by law, um, on Easter Monday, which is the Monday coming, will be three weeks since we've had our lockdown. So they have to review the current legislation in regards to our movements. And so by Easter Monday, we were supposed to get like new guidelines. Um, and what we have going on at the moment are that people are still, because we don't get the sunshine as much, I guess, as Cali um, in the UK, um, when the sun comes out, we all go to the park and the beach. Yeah. And, um, and um, so that's what happened over the last weekend. So we've got certain boroughs, which will be the equivalent like states in the US, certain boroughs. Um, who who have been um, forced to close their parks because the citizens or the residents of those boroughs are not um, complying with the rules in regards to social distancing or people distancing and you know staying at home, isolating that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. Well, that's how it is. So I live in Philadelphia. Like I'm right outside the city. That's like a couple hours from New York. Um, okay. I, I know New York and California. I know people like all like in those two uh, major cities, they're on lockdown completely and only allowed to go to grocery stores where I'm at. I believe everything but grocery stores and gas stations are open. And right. uh, it's it's kind of weird just to think about. I mean, I'm 20. I'm 25. I was I've only been through two natural disasters, which was 9-11 and obviously this and uh-huh. it's just kind of crazy to think about. And like, you know, I never would have thought in my lifetime or in our lifetime that this would go on. And a yeah. lot of a lot of people, I, I was also told that by the news that uh, our president, our great president, everyone says um, that our peak's going to hit this week or in the next week. And but he's saying it's going to be gone by Easter Sunday. But along with social distancing, there are a lot of people running outside with their shirts, you know, in short sleeves, short shirts. And, uh, you know, no one's taking it serious. And it's, yeah. there's actually 55 deaths in uh, New Jersey yesterday alone wow. at a hospital. And uh, yeah. it's just crazy, you know, this, what, yeah. what everybody is going through. Yeah. It definitely is going to be a new, I said it the other day, a whole new world we're going into. Um, some may feel quite fearful about it. I'm quite very optimistic about it. I'm hoping it, it ensures that as a society, as a world, we become a little bit more compassionate. Um, I know that in the US, you've got a big, um, a lot of discussion, especially now around the health system over in the US. Yeah. In the UK, we've got our national health system, which is a system that's been created, I think, over 100 years now to support the citizens of the country. Of course, you can go private, but, you know, on the whole, most people don't have to pay for health service over here. Um, And we've had uh, ministers very recently speak prior to the the COVID about how, you know, these are low-paid workers, our nurses and our, less so doctors, because they're kind of like revered, but definitely our nurses and our other uh, medical practitioners are classified as low-paid workers. And 
I think most people do not see, never have seen them as low paid workers. And um, we've just see, we've seen them as people that provide a central service for us, and we 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 respect that. Right. Um, sometimes less so than we need to, but we respect that. But now we're seeing who the real. If you want the real people in our society are the doctors, the teachers, the nurses, the cleaners on our streets, you know, those are the real people who keep our systems and our lives moving forward. We can all go to work and do certain jobs and think we're being very successful. But now we're really seeing like who are the people that keeping things um, moving forward in our world and in our society. So for me personally, um, as a businesswoman, someone that has um, a, a, a jo- enjoyment of building businesses, right. I, I always have and always believe that actually respect for people is the essential thing, no matter what you're doing in life. And I'm hoping that this um, coronavirus has really shaken us enough to begin to pay, to pay attention to what humanity is all about. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll maybe be good for a few months and then revert back to old habits, but it'd be nice while it lasted. Yeah, I mean, the thing with us, so, do you guys have curfew out there? No, not really. Not, not no. really? I think, um, so for us, our curfew, we don't really have a curfew here, but I know they're trying to enforce to get, get home by 8 o'clock, and a lot of essential workers if they're coming home at eight o'clock they have to carry a paper around that says i'm an essential worker so that way because a lot of cops are pulling people over who are out and about like around eight nine o'clock at night um but no we don't have a curfew here at all at the moment oh okay um but apparently like a lot of people are outside like even in florida a lot of people are at the beach still and you know they're trying to close everything down because of this whole virus and no one, yeah. I feel like in the U.S., they're, everyone's trying to say, like, there are a lot of people that are, like, thinking, like, this is a big conspiracy because every year during the election, there's always some tor- uh, some sort of, like, you know, sickness that comes around, like H1M1 and uh, Ebola was something else that happened a couple years back. I think it was, like, 2016 when I was in college. Uh, but everyone's just, like, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, if I survive this, that, and the third, we'll survive coronavirus. But my my mom personally she works at a hospital and she's actually home for 14 days because she was in contact with somebody with the virus and i was just just like mom i was like i love you i'm not coming over i told her i said listen i'm not i haven't i haven't been with any of my friends in over like two months just because of this whole you know ordeal yeah yeah it's 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 interesting times scary for many and i think that's the other thing i think people are we don't know what we don't know we really, there's lots of unanswered questions. And as people, we like to know for certain, certain, you know, we like to know for certain. And and even doctors are like, look, right now what we need you to do is stay at home because we don't even know. We just need to get the numbers down so that we can cope with all of the, because apparently we're all going to get it. So they just want to be getting the numbers down so they can cope with us as we come in, but in a slower fashion rather than in big chunks. Yeah. I, I get that yeah. completely. So let's yeah. let's start off with you though. You live you okay. live in London now. Were you born uh-huh. and raised there? So um, for people that will listen, I am actually uh, well in America they call them Afro-Caribbeans, but I'm from South America. Okay. 
Well, I was born in the UK, so my heritage is South American, Guyana, South American. And um, so I was born in the UK, in London, in what you classify as West London, so the other side of London. And then I went to live in South America, in Guyana, for five years when I was about the age of eight. Okay. And then returned back to the UK when I was 14 and then lived here for the remainder of my life. Travelled the world, but lived here for the remainder of my life. And I live, moved from West London to East London, the other side of London. So what's the difference between uh, East London and West London? I've I, I never been, so I... <laughs> um, gosh. I would say, if we were to be, like, really stereotypical, East London is a little bit, is more of our creative hub of, of London. Okay. It's more of the side where you will find a lot more of the funding and influence towards music and that kind of thing. West London... I don't even know how I would classify West London. It depends on which side of West London you're going to. But West London has got, like, the Notting Hill Carnival is part of West London, which is one of the biggest carnivals in Europe. Um, but on the whole, you'd find them... I think they're I think they're less sociable from the rest of London. So you've got North, South, East, West. North, South and East are more like... i tell you what, actually, I know why. The difference between West and East London and the rest of London is the transportation. It's easier to get into central London from north, south, and east. West London is a little bit more remote. Okay. Access. So, I mean, I, we were actually going to go to... So, I'm getting married in uh, June. Hopefully. Congratulations. Thank you. Hopefully in June. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank on that. But anyways... <laughs> We were thinking, where do you want? I asked uh, my fiance, I was like, where do you want to go for a honeymoon? And like, we were, th uh, you know, thinking of places. I said, what about London? Because I want to, she's, she wants to go to London. I kind of want to go to Helsinki, but uh, she wants to go see uh, Big Ben and, uh, you know, all the other sites there. And then we thought about it, we're like, we really don't have any place to stay. Uh, but so <laughs> we're not going to go there yet, but we actually do want to yeah. go to London eventually. Um, yeah. But um, so you've lived in London. For the, uh, for the remainder of your life and what have you what was your childhood like you know what was it like living there in the first like for the first like few years so the first few years before i left to go to south america it was quite average we went to uh, a catholic school because i was raised a catholic um went to catholic school very integrated um and then when i came back when i was the age of 14 it was a little bit more different um I would say, for me personally, I want to say that racism was at the forefront of my mind when I came back, but it was something that I really first encountered when I was about the age of 14 and returned here for school. Um, but, you know, you, for me personally, I got through it. It wasn't, it wasn't violent. It was just, just what it was. It just yeah. was what it was. Um, and then um, just, yeah, went from there, went to college, then went to university, um, studied business and media, and then just started living life. And I, I love to travel. I love to go. So I traveled. I've been to the U.S. I traveled U.S. and Canada for three months. So I went to San Francisco, New York, um, Washington State. Um, went to Toronto, Calgary, um, Scarborough, so travelled around and then came out at the other end, LA, 
yeah, like I said, San Fran, LA, that kind of ends down there. And then came home, um, been to Poland, Belgium, France. So I love to travel as well, yeah. So, yeah. Have you, and that was, have you, that was it. That was it. Have you been anywhere else, like like China or like Russia or anywhere else uh, after like that? China and Russia have are on my list. Okay. China actually more so than Russia because Russia is really cold. Oh, is it really? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I I've seen movies about Russia that like, and it's always <laughs> yeah, snowing. Okay. Russia is really really cold, and I don't know if I. I, I don't like the cold, so which is not really a good mix for being in the UK. But anyway, so yeah, but Russia's, but Russia, but China's definitely on my list of places that I want to go to. Um, where else is on my list? Hawaii. Hawaii is a place I want. Yeah, I really would like to go to Hawaii. I like to go to more Asian countries as well. Um, I really haven't touched much of Africa, but that's a place. That's a continent I really want to cover later on in life so i've been to egypt i've been to turkey which crosses over um i've been to morocco as well but i really want to get into like nigeria gambia ghana i want to get into more of the west africa and then travel around the whole the whole continent but yeah my fiance her uh, uncle's from turkey actually oh really yeah so um he actually works in the u.s for a computer science major and uh okay so her aunt she actually lived in georgia i think it was georgia i don't know where georgia's at but it's like somewhere across you know i think it's across seas she lived in georgia for a few years then she lived in turkey for a few years now they live in america and uh i've let's see i've had a friend that lives in morocco he goes comes and goes whenever you know he gets a chance uh i've been to california i actually lived there for three months okay Uh, that was fun, but uh, New York. I don't really like New York anymore. It's too. Uh, <laughs> I went once in Christmas time actually, and uh, a lot yeah. of people were like asking for money, surrounding us, trying to get like you know, you want to get a picture really? with me? You need to get money. Yeah, it's like really touristy, wow. but people out there they like really want your money if you don't uh, you know, if you take a picture, if you like get it like a free CD. It's really weird. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I haven't been, I, when I went to New York, um, was about, where are you, about 1990s, like okay. early 1990s. Um, and I, I must say that I like Manhattan. I wouldn't live there, but I really enjoyed being there. Yeah. It's really, um, California and New York, they're like really expensive too. So like, mm. it's like three grand for, um, for a studio apartment. And, uh, really? yeah, my cousin, he actually per month, per month yep. <laughs> plus utilities uh, yeah. and everything else. Well, I mean, I don't really think people would really drive in New York. I, I drove to New York once, never do it again, but, um, <laughs> right. um, well, like, why wouldn't I drive to New York again? No, no, I said, I'm not surprised. I'm uh. not surprised because <laughs> it's like me driving to central London. I don't drive into central London. I refuse. Right. Well, you take the you take the uh, train, right, or the trolley? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We take the train, and we've got tubes as well, which is underground. Okay. So that's your yeah. So that would be the equivalent of your subways. Yeah, I well, yeah. I think here, like in Philly, we do. I think we do have subways. I'm not entirely sure. We have more trains, I guess. I don't really travel uh-huh. in the Philly as much. I usually drive in the Philly because it's not as uh, oh, okay. jam packed as like you know New York or LA. Um, uh-huh. 
But yeah, New York, uh, three grand per month, just just to live. And even in California, my cousin he lives like up in like the hills, and his uh, house is like five grand per month. Blimey! Yeah, that's a lot. That's equivalent to like what's the exchange rate? It's something like I don't know. It's probably about one twenty now, one twenty one pound twenty to a dollar. Really? So that's nearly, yeah, so I'm going to say that's about, if it's five grand, even if it's average, about three and a half grand to four, you're still talking about 2,500 to 3,000 pounds. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And plus, plus utilities on top of that, that's a lot of money. And yeah, I mean, with where I live, I'm lucky enough to where I only have to pay like 800 a month. I have heat and water included, but the only thing with my heat is, uh, my landlord, he controls the heat, <laughs> and we have a lot of older, uh, you know, residents in our apartment building. We have maybe like they're all like in their sixties and seventies. He cranks the heat up to like ninety degrees, so all year round it's like boiling hot. <laughs> but uh, ever since spring hit, I guess like it's been really cold in this place, and I actually kind of like want to ask him, like, "Hey, dude, can you turn the heat up a little bit?" <laughs> Yeah. Because it's for, uh, like it's freezing. I wear I never wear a sweatshirt in here until this like until this year living here. You uh, need solar power. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about you? So let's talk about your business. So you, uh-huh. I don't know how I found you on uh, excuse me, Instagram, but um, yes. what is your business about? So I do public relations PR. So I promote businesses, I promote other businesses, and the focus of my public, so public relations is, for the American audience, what you will classify as a publicist, or a marketing professional, um, and we we separate the two nine times out of ten in the UK, so you've got someone that's in public relations, you've got someone that's in sales, and you've got someone that's in marketing, right. That's and then you've got someone that does branding as well, so I focus on public relationship, which is basically the communication the verbal and visual communication of a company once they're almost established. You can help them through the process, but you kind of like, that's a lifeline of keeping people informed about what you stand for, what you're selling, that kind of stuff. Um, but my focus as a business, my focus, my company's called FP Comms, by the way. And my focus as a business is to promote what we call ethical businesses. So I'm really looking very strongly at businesses that will basically cover some of the things that we discussed earlier on, which would be um, a fair living wage for people. So in the UK, you have something like the minimum wage, which I think is around about £7.25 an hour, between 7 and 8 £9 an hour, I think, is a minimum wage, where in actuality, the living wage for someone to be able to live per hour and travel is something like 11 to 12 pounds right. per hour. So there's a massive gap between the two. Um, and so I, I support companies that kind of like focus on the long-term strategy. So think about promoting companies that are thinking about their employees as their stakeholders, as much as you would think about your investors. So living wage is one, the well-being is the other one. So companies that really focus on the well-being of their staff is very, very important to me. So things like 
giving parents, both male and female, enough maternity and paternity leave would be an example. If they lose a parent or a, a relative, a close relative, giving them enough time to, to grieve. Um, so companies that inbuild that kind of stuff, those are the companies that I work with and promote. Um, and so, yeah, and, and naturally what that's drawn to me are businesses that fall in the space of what you call ethical business. So they will be businesses that look at like organic products, naturally sourced products. Um, healthy eating is one of them. So healthy lifestyles will be another. So I've got clients that are vegan, that runs a vegan restaurant, for instance. And so that's where it's naturally drawn to, but businesses could do whatever they like as long as it's sustainable. But as long as they employ those kind of well-being practices within their businesses, those are the businesses that I want. And they have to be the businesses that want to scale up as well, become multinationals or franchises or, you know, scale up to be multi-million pound businesses. Those are the businesses I like to work with. Okay. And it, like, you've, yeah. how long have you been doing that for? So I have been working in PR and marketing itself. So I started out in the film industry. I used to work for a post-production company called SVC in the 1990s okay and so yeah so yeah that's right 1990s so i started working there in their marketing department but then i went on my own in 2007 yeah i went out on my own in 2007 and then um took a break to have a child and then came back and we started in 2011-ish, 2011-2012. Wow. What was, yeah. what was it like working for a pre-production company? It was really good. So there was two things about my journey through pre-production, working with a pre-production company. One is I, I worked with some amazing people, which really did highlight to me the importance of the people that you work with. I mean, I worked with some great talents, and creative people but the whole company was very family orientated as a whole very close-knit and it was about 80 of us in the company right so it was really really quite a close-knit company so um that was good fun it was really really good fun and it, it has been one of one of my many good memories of working for the company um but working in post-production itself was very, very intense. I ended up in the marketing department for them. Um, those were the days when agencies used to spend a lot of money, a lot of money. So we used to do things like, as a marketing department, we used to take clients out for lunch, like four clients out for lunch and spend two grand on lunch and, you know, fly them in the helicopter to Scotland in a hotel. You know, we used to do some really lavish stuff. Um, but the work that we used to produce as well, they used to be like a lot of commercials we used to produce. Um, but I know a lot of the guys, since that company's closed down, because it was actually bought out by an American company, um, called, um, a guy called John Malone, he purchased a lot of the UK assets in post-production and he bought the company I was working for. And um, a lot of the guys have gone on to do amazing stuff. So I know... 
one of the guy well I know one of the guys he's left and he's living in New Zealand now Rob and he um, has done post-production for the Lord of the Rings for instance okay. um, and you know so it was good fun and you just met loads of really cool people really really cool people it wasn't always glamorous trust me it wasn't but it was really really good and you got you just got to sit down with lots of great talent and I loved it loved it now, do you feel with more family-owned businesses are better are better than uh, working at a corporate business, for example? Like, so, like, I worked at a family-owned business, and then I went from a family-owned business, which I thought wasn't bad, and to a corporate business now. And I don't, uh, to me, I'm not really a big fan of corporate businesses because it's more like professional. Do you feel uh-huh. the same way with that? I think it depends on how old the business is. I think there's two stages of, of capitalism as we see it now. I, and I think there's a transition that's really taking place in the business world. So I think old capitalism, I think, where you've got those old corporations sort of mentality of thinking, um, it can be a little bit more challenging. I think the ethos of what family-owned businesses try to bring, more corporate businesses are beginning to understand the benefit of that because the whole aim of a family-owned business is to, to look after their greatest asset, which is the family. Right. The whole aim of a business actually is supposed to look after its greatest asset, which is the community within which it serves. But what has happened is that corporates have taken care of their what they consider to be their greatest assets, which are the shareholders that's the wrong focus it has to be your people the people that you are serving it has to be that because in times of trouble like now where a family-owned business can rely on the community of the people to keep it steady a corporate business cannot rely on them in the same way right because it's never taken care of the best stakeholders which are the people and right now Money cannot solve the problem of a business sustaining or sinking. It, it's the people that make the business survive. And that's what many people don't realize. Um, no. To, I'm going to uh, take a quick little break. I'm going to stop the recording and uh, yeah. then we'll pick it right back up in just a few seconds. All right? Yeah, sure. But um, we're back with this break right now. And, uh, but to get back on your point, though, it really is people who does make who make the business uh, grow, and that's what a lot of businesses don't realize. A lot of businesses usually just want you know to make money, and that's not a good uh, that's not a good work ethic or a good uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's not good for a business just to want to make money. You want to keep your employees and whatnot. Yeah, especially yeah, during this crisis. And I think that's what this crisis has really highlighted. What is really important in a society within which we live? Um, There's a guy called John Mackey. Um, He's the guy that owns Whole Foods. Right. And he has created this, he kind of like um, coined a phrase, conscious capitalism. And he's really been promoting that for, I'm going to say the last, I'm actually reading this book now again, um, for the last, 20 years, I believe. I could be a bit long, but yeah, I think it's the last 10 to 20 years he's been, he's been pushing this whole idea of he's got as much money as he needs or wants in this world. 
what can he do? What can his business do to serve its community better? And so he's looked at this whole system of what conscious capitalism is. And I kind of, I, I feel that capitalism itself has been um, robbed of something that could be very, very positive. Right. Um, it's not the word that's bad, it's the people that operate in the word that have shown it to be something that's quite um, difficult to to swallow and for people to accept that it's good to be able to make to make money. I do think, however, we need to reassess how much profit any business really needs to make. I don't think you, you can measure it by, all right, a business cannot make more than three million if it's sustaining a workforce that requires that kind of money. It can make as many as much money as it needs to, but it doesn't need to make more than, I would say three times its amount to sustain in case of an emergency than it needs to pay staff a living wage. It doesn't need that to be in its bank accounts. Um, and that's how I see it. And I'm really looking into that as a whole system as I continue to grow my own business. Like how much profit does a bank, does a company need to have in accruals to be profitable and sustainable? Right. Yeah. Wow. See, with, um, I'm not going to say her business's name, but uh, my future wife, Tori, she, oh. her boss is saying like, I want everybody here during this virus because we need to make money. And uh, I already know 60% of you are going to get the coronavirus. But if you guys get the virus, I don't care what you got. I don't care how sick you are. You still have to come in. And uh, a lot of his, he's a family owned business where she works at a lot of the people there, like five people quit that job already uh, because of what he said and the way he was like, you know, making it sound like. So like, and they're not even hiring anybody either. And they actually fired somebody because uh, they didn't show up for work for like two days because they were afraid of the virus, which, you know. (laughs) It's understandable. It's understandable. I mean, I have clients that are still open for business and they've given their staff. um, So we're operating a thing called furlough in the UK. So, uh, yeah, so furlough in the UK. So the government is prepared to pay businesses that need to be sustained 80% of their workforce salary. Right. The people cannot work for the company during that period of time. If your business is a business that can maintain and be open during that period of time and serve, then you will take care of that. But there's members of staff that um, feel uncomfortable with being able to come in. So what companies are doing, my clients' companies are doing is say, look, your job will still be here. Your salaries up to the point that you worked will still be here, but we are still open for business. And, and so it gives people the option of being able to come in or not come in. Now, ideally, in a future moving forward, what you want to be able to do is have enough money in the bank that you can say to your staff, okay, I cannot afford to pay you the full amount, but this I can pay you over this period of time while we have to shut down for this emergency. I think that would be a good measure, but we don't think like that at the moment. Um, and so your fiance's um, um, company that she works for have, is, is really tragic. It's really, really sad. Yeah. Sad, but I, I mean, you know, if your fiance is good and, and, and does the job, she'll find a better job 
moving forward. That that's no doubt. And that's what I told her. I said, like, listen, because we're planning on moving. I'm not going to live in uh, Pennsylvania my whole life. I want to move, like, somewhere where it's warmer, like, down south, like, in Florida. I said, listen, I said, you want to do something with fish because she, like, you know, she loves, like, uh, fish all the time. I said, Florida's the place for that because, you know, you're near a beach. You'll be working with a whole bunch of fish stores, and uh, you could actually start your own business as a fish store, you know, as a fish store owner or whatever because that's uh, what you want to do. Me, on the other hand, I think with me, I want to do something with broadcasting. I've been doing this for five years, and I'm going uh, I'm going for an internship uh, at a news station. Uh, so my goal is, like, if I get on the news, I could really travel anywhere if I really wanted to. I could go down to Florida or go down to California and make good money doing what I want to do. Come to the UK. That's, yeah, that too. Wherever. Oh, that's amazing. I wish you well. You're well, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I well, so I've been doing this though for five years, and the first year I did this, it was really crappy. I'll, I'll admit I sucked at it. Um, I talked about stupid topics, like uh, I talked about women, then I talked about uh, karate. I talked about like all these weird topics, and then uh, I started doing more interviews, like the year late, like a year into it. I think it was like 2017 when I started doing more interviews. And that's what really like kicked me off, like kicked it off for my, uh, you know, show and all that. And I've had like famous people on my show before in the last like couple of years. I've had like YouTubers on my show, and it's actually pretty interesting. Like the people who I get on my show, and everyone's always asking me, "How do you do that?" I'm like, "I don't, I, I don't know. I guess I just believe that I can do it, and then it just happens." You, did. you know. No, you're, doing, almost... you're doing a good job. Thank you. So. What else have you been up to, though, since the whole quarantine? Um, so, for me, because PR and marketing is always one of the first things to get cut in any business, um, it's been really challenging in regards to client working with the clients I love on a, on a commercial level. So that's been challenging. But I'm um, personally, I'm very, I come from a family that's very, very, on the whole, very optimistic and very positive in our, in our thoughts. I come from a family actually of entrepreneurs, like people that work and build their own businesses anyway, naturally. Um, and so I'm in an environment where I feel held and nurtured to be able to, to, to ride the wave of this without feeling stressed or without feeling the fear of it. So what I've been up to is just like taking some time out. You know, I wrote a, a post the other day saying that how people are saying that they, they're bored. I'm like, but every time you spoke to people prior to now, they would say things like, I don't have enough time. Now we have all the time in yeah. the world. What are you doing? You know, all those things you didn't have time for. Now you've got time to do it. So what are we doing? So, you know, it's things like reading a book. I must confess my guilty pleasure has been I have been on Instagram so much more and you chose so much more than I needed to be. But I think I'm allowed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, with me, though, I I feel like I don't have any time. And that's just because I feel like when I was work, I worked like eight-hour days. I would come oh. home. I feel like I didn't – I had time to do whatever. But now, like, oh. since I'm home by myself, I feel like I don't have any time because, like, I have so – like I'm, I was bored the first couple of days being here by myself because you know I'm to talk to obviously, but like between doing this then editing it takes about like an hour, like an hour for the interview, an hour for the uh, 
you know, podcast. Then I listen to uh, the radio on my uh, computer for like three or four hours and then play a video game that takes about an hour. Then I film like a video and that then editing takes like another like hour for that. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like I've been more busy during this because I haven't really been post. I would really only post like one like podcast or maybe three podcasts a week, one video per day uh-huh. or per week. Three and podcasts a week is very good though. That's a high turnover. Yeah, I mean from from going to one week to you know weekly podcasts, just like one episode a week to like three a week. I think it helped me out. It's helping me out more, especially like I can like actually like now talk about topics that I'm like more um educated on and stuff like i think during the whole coronavirus before i got off of work i would just like give people like a play-by-play of what i've like would read on like facebook uh-huh. or the news and i would just like talk about it in my podcast and just do a play-by-play and people really liked it uh-huh. but it's like i don't want to like keep talking about the coronavirus as much but it's the only story that's out there like you can't really <laughs> you can't like ignore yeah. it I can't like say, oh, like so and so put out a new album, but uh, you know, they're not going to go on tour because of this whole, you know, thing going yeah, on. Yeah, because back to the virus. Again. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah. I, I just want this to go away so I can like not really care about anything else, but what I want to talk about. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I guess here in like you in the United States, I guess everyone's trying to go on lockdown, but. It's. I don't see us doing it. Well, I mean, it could be like I know my my cousin. She returned back to Antigua. She was actually in the UK when it it hit, and then she was asked. Well, she was told that she had to go back to Antigua. So they stopped all the flights going into the islands. And um, when she went back, she was put into quarantine. Okay. Um, so she's currently in quarantine right now. Not that she's got it. It's just a case. So she came from the UK and. All the all the um, incidents they had came from the UK, so naturally there are they are cautious of anyone that's coming in from the UK. But um, they, the other day they went on a total lockdown, like they went on a curfew. I think people are allowed to go grocery shopping between eight and ten in the morning, and that's it. Oh wow! Yeah, and I think that's running for two weeks. So I think they're on week. Well, I know they're on week one now, so I think the week one finishes on Thursday, and then week two, the following week, and then it'll go from there. Yeah, I think um, we're everyone. Everything's all the businesses, like all non-essential businesses, are closed till April thirtieth, and, okay. and then they're going to see what happens from there. But I read, like, I was listening to the radio, and a doctor was saying that everything, the peaks are going to, the peak for the coronavirus is going to hit, like, in the next two weeks. And uh-huh. then by May, everyone's just going to continue to, like, just to wear a mask, and a lot of stuff's going to, like, you know, slowly get back to normal. By June, everything's going to be back to normal. That's uh-huh. that's what I've been hearing. That's, like, around the world. Because yeah. New, in New York, um, a lot of, there's not that as many deaths as there was, um, you know, what's going on now pretty much well, that's what they're yeah. saying which is a good yeah. thing like if not a lot of yeah. people are dying then it's just like it's slowly you know turning around yeah yeah so. well china's opened up for business today oh today i didn't know that today so today's the 8th of april yeah apparently on the news oh no not today to open up this week this, this week. week okay yeah. wow. so they were shut down for 11 
Were they shut down for 11 weeks? I heard, I just heard it on the news when I was coming back from grocery shopping. Um, I think I think they were shut down for two weeks. Oh, okay. Uh, it was like probably like eleven, like two weeks, maybe eleven days. Uh, and you know they were staying inside, and their virus, like you know, it was gone. Everybody like got healthy again, but now it's like no one's taking it serious here. You know, yeah. I, I'm the only one taking it. I guess me and like small a small community, they're taking Three it serious. People. Yeah. Well, well, whatever people do, please be safe. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, well. Especially a lot of people in my, uh, like a lot of people, I think they're doing it like in the uh, UK as well. There's this thing called Zoom that a lot of people are using where they can like do like, you know, that's like their social distance thing, I guess. Yeah. And they actually have that. Go on. I didn't. No, but people are doing birthday parties and all kinds of things through it. Yeah. Yeah. And even at the supermarket there, they have like uh, social distance. They have like tape all around like all around the thing and uh there's a line going out the door and uh it's kind of like kind of crazy to think about you know what i mean that like we're going we're resulting this far and they have like they have glass like where the cashiers are so you don't like yeah yeah yeah. we've got all that in the uk as well it's it's weird i know i know actually a cashier last uh sunday i guess i like I knew the glass was there, but I was just like trying to like talk to her, and like I like stuck my head from out of the glass. She got like freaked out, and uh, because I so in the morning there's only like older like older older people they're allowed to go to the supermarket from six to seven, and then uh-huh. seven o'clock everyone else is allowed in. So um, we look we go at seven every Sunday, and. Uh-huh. You know, I was just tired. I just was like, hey. And she got really upset. <laughs> she got really upset with me. I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't, an experience. Yeah. But um, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about while we're... Uh... No, I've really enjoyed this, TJ. This has been great. Thank you. Um, I, I can share... I really I'll... like your style as well. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Yeah, this is a, it's a weird... It's a different style. Well, it's not really different, but like a lot of people do this style, but I, I like to think of it more as a unique way of doing a podcast. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's not. Yeah. and like you said, you're attracting all sorts of different types of people, which is really, really cool. It's really cool. So no, keep it up. Thank you. I will continue to follow on Instagram and everything else, Anchor and everything else. Thank you. You're actually the second uh, guest that I've had overseas. Really? Yeah. So I didn't... She was from, um, where was she from? Oh man, that was a long time ago. I think, I want to say she was from, it wasn't Russia. It was somewhere around there. It wasn't Spain. It was, she had, uh, she had an accent. I can't, oh man, it wasn't, it was somewhere around like Russia. I want to say it was like maybe, maybe Turkey. I, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta double check on that. I can't remember, but. Okay, well you can send me and let me know. Oh wait, she was from Ukraine. That's what it was. Ukraine. Yes. Okay. She was Ukrainian. I remember because she was a singer and I found her on Instagram and, uh, you know, she could speak, you know, a little English and, you know, it was, it was good. I mean, I thought it went good. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm glad to be your second international and your first from the UK. Am I the first in the UK? Yes. Okay. I, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know what Ukraine 
essentially, I don't know what uh, if they're UK or not, but you know. Now Ukraine is Eastern European, so she's part of the Russian kind of eastern part of Europe. Okay. Yeah, so my. Between Russia and Europe, if you know what I mean. So yeah, you're my first UK uh, interview. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll get many more, but just remember that I was the first. And when you are a famous reporter, please don't forget me. Oh, definitely no. I mean, hey, in two years or a year from now, when this whole like thing is over, like you know, we'll do another uh, episode again. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Awesome. Well, th- hey, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, TJ. I really appreciate it. No problem. I'm going to tag you in uh, on all my socials. Do you have a Twitter by any chance? Yeah, it's um, at FPCom. So C, um, F for Freddie, P for Peter, C for Charlie, O for October, M for Mother, M for Mother, S for Sugar. All right. Sounds good. I'll tag you in all my socials as soon as uh, I finish this. All right? I appreciate it. You take care. Thank you. All right. You. you too. Have a nice one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, and that was, that was Nicola. So right now we're going to take a little break. I'm going to do the outro, and then I'll see you guys in just a few seconds. All right, guys, that is going to wrap up today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you like and subscribe on all my socials. Go follow me on TKLeason22 Instagram, TJGX5 on Twitter, Storyfire TJ's vlogs because Storyfire is a creative story writing app where you can post anything and everything. Uh, that's something different that I haven't uh, really promoted as much. Go follow me on YouTube, TJ's vlogs, Gleason Photography and Videography on Facebook, TJ TV on Facebook, where you can pass, where you can see all my, uh, you know, past podcasts and whatnot. Uh, that's really it. So I will be back on Friday, Good Friday. Actually, I have a very uh, special show for Good Friday um, coming up. So that's going to be fun. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we will be back for another podcast this week. Peace out, everybody. Hope you enjoy your uh, weekend. And uh, always remember, stay safe, stay indoors, social distance yourself, guys. If you guys want to one, – one side note. If you guys want to social distance, just go on Zoom. Go on this new app. There's this app that uh, my sister sent me the other day. It's called – tell you exactly what it's called in just a second house party it's pretty much like zoom where you could just talk to all your friends and family and whatnot and you could just go from there guys social distance yourself stay inside don't go outside and uh we can get through this virus together everybody that's all i want to say so i'll see you guys on good friday and uh peace out